0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to a brand new episode of the Unbreakable You podcast. I am coming in at you from the couch of my Airbnb in Phoenix, Arizona right now. So I was actually supposed to be in Phoenix with my BFF, Sophie, until Sunday, this coming Sunday. We were in Phoenix for doTERRA's leadership retreat. So the leadership retreat is open to those of us who are doing a doTERRA business and have reached a certain rank within the company, and we are invited to attend the leadership retreat. So we've been so excited about this retreat for many many months and are super grateful to be here with so many other leaders. I've actually been coming to doTERRA's leadership retreat since 2017 and I'm so excited to have one of my business partners with me this year who is Sophie. So we the leadership retreat is 3 days. It was supposed to be Wednesday, Thursday and Friday. So Sophie and I, being from Canada, we really wanted to make it a little bit of a getaway for ourselves. So we flew in on Saturday, and we were going to spend eight nights here, but... Things took a quick turn on Monday afternoon. So we actually got word from doTERRA that they had to make the hard decision to cancel our leadership retreat for this week. And the reason for such kind of like a last minute decision is really because doTERRA was not making this decision out of fear and based off of all of the hype that the media is um, making around this virus, right? So as of, I believe it was Friday or Saturday, um, it was while I was packing, um, everything was good to go. We got the heads up from the founders of doTERRA that leadership was still on, everything was good, but our chief medical officer, Dr. O, he's actually a doctor of infectious diseases. He's a very, he's one of the leading doctors. He's very sought after. He's incredible. And he helped doTERRA in the makings of this really hard decision to actually cancel our leadership retreat. And like I said, this decision did not come from a place of fear, However, it did come from a place of our safety. So there was actually 5,000 doTERRA wellness advocates that were going to be coming to this leadership conference this week. So 5,000 of us. And really it was for, oh, and like this decision came from their concern for us, making sure we were able to get home. And Dr. O's understanding, I feel like everyone at this point knows that the media is definitely blowing things out of proportion for sure. And doTERRA recognizes that, but we also know that things are likely going to get worse before they get better. So they had to make that hard decision. So... Leadership is canceled, so that means that my getaway to Phoenix, Arizona has been cut in half. So instead of eight days, I was here for four or eight nights. I was here um, for four nights, which is totally fine. We definitely made the best of them. Last night on Monday night, which was the full moon, we actually did this full moon gathering. We did a hike. We went up to Hole in the Rock, which I had never been there before. Didn't even know it existed. So that was really cool. And we just gathered with other women, played some instruments, took tons of pictures, which I'll be sharing on Instagram. I also have been sharing them on Instagram. And we just had so much fun. Unfortunately, it was too cloudy to see the full moon. So hopefully where you were, you were able to see the beautiful full moon in all her glory, but I'm hoping things might be a little bit more clear when I get back home and I can see kind of like almost a full moon. But anyways, it's been such a great time in Phoenix. I absolutely love it here. I just love traveling in general but it's been a really great getaway. We had tons of fun at grocery stores. I replenished my honey mama's stock, which makes me so happy. And I also edited this podcast for you. I got up super early on Tuesday morning and made sure it was all edited and ready to go for you today. So thanks again for Tuning in and listening every week. I hope you absolutely love this episode. This episode, I am joined by one of my closest friends, Kara McCartney. Her and I have been friends since 2013, I believe. Um, We were connected through Bill and Haley from Primal Palette. I don't know if any of you know Bill and Haley, but they're amazing. And Bill and Haley actually wanted me interviewed um, on their website for kind of like a success story. And I had put on weight um, from actually removing gluten from my diet so I did a whole 30 and I gained weight and really started to make a turn for the better in my health journey and they wanted my story up on their site so Kara was working for Bill and Haley at that time and she interviewed me. And we've been friends ever since. And I actually hire Kara now quite often to do things for me. And the most recent project that we worked on together was my brand new website. So if you have not checked out Megdoll.com yet, please do so. Kara helped me with my website. She's a copywriter. She is my favorite copywriter. And I feel like she's just one of those people that is so easily able to get into your brain and make you think like, how did you know that about me? Um, Or how did you even pick that up? And as I've been exploring human design more and more, I couldn't help but think um, and wonder if Kara was a projector And then I actually had her type in her birth information and she is a projector. So I thought that was so cool that I picked up on that just by what kind of person she is. But you will get to know her more in today's episode. I'm so excited for you to meet one of my very closest friends. And if you are an entrepreneur and looking for a copywriter, I truly could not Recommend Kara any more than I already do. So let's cut over to today's episode with Kara McCartney. Hey, Kara, welcome to the show. Hey, Meg, thanks for having me. Of course. So I feel like everyone should know who you are by now but I feel like we definitely need to give you a good intro here. I gave you a little bit of one before we hopped over to this conversation. Um, But why don't you introduce yourself to us?
1: okay guys i am uh kara mccartney i live in washington dc i am a copywriter essentially i write people's websites for a living and i've worked with meg and a couple for a couple different re- different reasons i wrote her website We are currently in the process of writing her new website and we actually did some photography work together too so there's a couple of different things that I do, but essentially writing websites is my main thing, which I'll talk to you all about your how to decide your one thing later on. Yeah, that's kind of what I do.
0: Yeah. OK. And that's exactly why I wanted to have you on. So I feel like I've been talking about my new website for a really long time already, like since spring, and it was just something that we just kept putting off and whatnot. But anyways, the time is now for us to start working and tackling my website again, and I'm so excited. And as we are recording this today, we've been working on my about page, and we'll be actually talking a lot about that In today's episode so I'm really excited to have you on and talking about that but wow being a copywriter can you like tell us more about what that's like I find it fascinating I always find people's careers fascinating especially when we like you know, kind of create our own magic in a sense, you know? No,
1: totally. And just as though, I mean, there's a million nutritionists out there and technically, I know Meg, you don't like the word nutritionist, but that is what you are and you did go to school with that. So showing that your approach to health and wellness is so different than other people's approach to health and wellness is a perfect example of that. Even if you have the same quote-unquote job title as someone else, it doesn't mean you have the exact same approach as someone else. Uh, I think I think the same thing is about writing. So yes, I am a copywriter. I guarantee you, I do not approach copy the same way as other people. Uh, I actually started out as a copywriter in 2015. Actually, I was working in house for a startup. It was a Y Combinator startup. So if you don't know what Y Combinator is, it's one of the most successful incubators in the world. Uh, they invested in Airbnb, Stripe, Dropbox, uh, DoorDash, all these crazy companies you would only dream about. Um, I, worked with, I was hired into a marketing department that was eight people. Within three months, they fired every single one, one of my department except two of us. And essentially, they went to my boss and say, Okay, you get to keep one technical person and you get to keep your best writer. And I was the writer that was kept on. I never, ever, ever, uh, planned on being a writer as my career. I mean, I was always good at it, but it's not like I majored in journalism or anything. Uh, but that was my first opportunity essentially of describing what a company is and, and how they do what they do. So one of my biggest project of that company was writing their website. And so the first website I ever wrote in my life was for a company with a $50 million valuation and a hundred employees. So that was quite the experience. Obviously I didn't have to just pass approval like with you. Okay. So your website, I have to get Meg's buy-in for this website. I had to get 110 people, including a CEO to buy into this And, and a board of directors. So that was quite the experience, but that taught me, tell me a couple things and I'm afraid that I I don't want to like blurt it all out right now I'm sure we'll dive into all of this in stages but from that experience I went on to work as a brand manager which is kind of all always my dream job for a marketing agency as you know that was the dream job from hell and I was fired within six months on the job and that was pretty a pretty toxic work environment that I could probably talk about for hours that I won't I won't go into um but when i got fired and meg knows this story very very well because she was the person on the sidelines just begging me to quit uh, anyways and so when i got fired i kind of made the decision that i was going back and wasn't going back to that particular job i just wasn't going back to work period i had no desire for someone to tell me what to do uh, for the rest of my life and so i decided to go for it and i had two I mean, I had a whole army of allies at my last job, but two people in particular, uh, who Meg and both knows personally, my friend Felipe, uh, who Meg just absolutely adores, who headed our creative department, and my friend Amanda, who headed our sales department. And they sat in my living room and we created a chart. And it was, I'm trying to think of the four quadrants on this chart, it was, what do I love? What am I good at? what could I make money at? And I think one was combine all three, you know, like which thing fell into all three categories. And one of them was writing and, um, yes, I can write anything at, at this point in my career. There isn't a thing that I couldn't write. So people once in a while, will tap into me for blog posts, captions, press releases, case studies, eBooks, you name it. Um, but I'm best, at writing websites. And I f- truly feel as, and it's also the thing that I enjoy most because creating a website is kind of like giving up a piece of your soul. It is an introduction of yourself to someone who has never been able or never been given the opportunity to meet you in person, even though it is from an online space. So someone who may have heard of Meg, you know, what, what are the, what's your first inclination to if you hear Meg on a podcast or hear Meg on, you know, in in reference to a blog post or something, you're going to Google Meg. And when you read more about her, it's just like you're never going. These people who are almost strangers online will never know how to think of you or what you're about unless you physically tell them. So that's kind of I'll stop now because I've just rambled for 10 minutes.
0: Okay. well, what's so crazy is the fact that obviously I know all your stories that you just shared with us. And I still get shivers when I hear you share them. And to me, that's like just proof that you're so great at writing and sharing stories and like telling stories. And essentially, that's what a lot of writing a website involves, right, is telling a story.
1: Oh, totally. like well, you asked that question because you've been through this process with me. So Meg is, I have now interviewed Meg and you're just a great example because the people listening under know you and they're, you know, probably feel so they actually know you in real life. So this actually works out very well, but I've interviewed Meg shit five times now, six times. I don't even know. It's, it's ridiculous. Meg and I actually first met and I'm using, I'm using air quotes on our video share but you guys obviously don't know that. I interviewed Meg in 2013, 2014 for a blog post. And that was the first time we ever met. And then we just started texting and video chatting and we've just, you know, stayed friends ever since. And then obviously she hired me uh, to do her website and to do her bio. I think actually, no, your bio was first. That was the first thing you ever hired me to do.
0: Oh, gosh, really? I
1: mean, forever ago. I think it was two websites ago. So it's been a while. Anyways, the way I operate is when someone works with me, I interview you. And Meg, again, has gone through this process a million times. And when I say interview, I'm not talking. I talk to you on the phone for 20 minutes. I talk to you for two hours plus. And I do this for a couple of reasons. Uh, a lot of people have heard of love languages, and I believe that people have languages and how they communicate. I am a far better writer than I am a speaker. I feel like most, that's actually rare, I feel as though most people speak a lot more freely when they write, as though they could talk for hours about what they do and they're super passionate about it, but when they sit down in front of a computer screen, they just completely freeze and they look for this super sexy flowery fluffy way to describe what they do and I was like no one fucking talks like that why are you saying this so I talk to them and I talk to you and I ask you your story and I think I'm a pretty non-judgy person and people just open up to me maybe because I'm truly fascinated with every single interview I've ever given but usually I can really get people talking and we'll talk about everything from your origin story to the biggest compliment anyone could ever give you, to tons of questions. Uh, I promised Meg that after this episode, I would send a list of questions that you guys can can look at to write your own website. So I definitely, show notes, Meg, I will get that done for you. Um, and so yeah, like I, I through those open conversations. That are unfiltered. That's where your web copy comes in. And while I, you know, obviously Meg, look, I love your podcast. I love podcasts in general. There's something about being in a conversation that isn't recorded. Like this, it's like this super safe space because um, you don't have people saying. Sometimes people, I'll take, I'll be taking notes like wild fire, and someone will say, "Don't write that down. Don't share that." I think it's your website i'm not a reporter writing for the new york times here nothing is ever going to be published if it doesn't pass you if you it's your product so if you don't like this copy i don't have to put it down it's okay and that usually relaxes people and they really really open up and honestly when they open up even if i don't use a certain story or certain tangent in the copy uh it's, it still helps me understand who you are, you know? So Meg, knowing her knowing everything that you, I mean, Meg, this is your audience. I'm not saying anything that no one knows about you, but you know, you have struggled with two eating disorders in your life, you know, and you've open Meg has openly told me in conversations like, Kara, I am so passionate about people knowing how to love themselves because there was a time in my life when I hated myself. Okay, that's a really good story to know. Clearly I'm not gonna write, hate yourself, in web copy, but it, it makes me get it makes me get her language. Uh, another thing about speaking is I always say that web copy should sound like you. So if my copy for Meg sounds like Kara McCartney, I have not done my job. My copy needs to sound as though Meg said it out loud. And hearing her talk freely in a conversation helps me do that so much more than if I just emailed mega questionnaire and said, hey, fill this out, send it back to me and I'm gonna tweak your copy. Some copywriters actually do that. And, you know, maybe that works for them, but I just, I I don't want that filtered version of my client. I want like the raw, real client. And I think like the client wants that too.
0: Mm-hmm, and definitely. And honestly, I feel like this podcast episode, and I really want this podcast episode to hit home with more people than just like our entrepreneurs, right, that are wanting copy for their website and whatnot. So I really want to talk about the fact that you're such a great listener and that to be like one of our takeaways from this episode is, you know, if someone is wanting to improve like that skill in their area of their life, because I feel like if we're all better listeners and more observant. Like I truly feel like I can come to you for anything because you just get me. And you made a comment about this before is you're like actually fascinated by people's stories, right?
1: Right. Uh, I'm not sure. Oh my goodness. If I had to teach someone that, I feel like I could teach anyone to write a website, but I'm not sure if I can teach Can you teach someone to listen?
0: I don't think so.
1: Can you teach, you can teach someone to shut up and listen. That's one thing I will say. Um, I mean, okay, so obviously ever has their shit. and Trust me, I have been through shit. And so one thing that I think people come to me is I'm pretty open about my flaws and my past mistakes. So I feel as though people trust that I will, I mean, I will never judge you. Like Mm -hmm. truly understand. Um, so that's one thing, but also when I'm interviewing someone for their website, again, I, I mean, I will take a thousand notes. We're talking 10,000 words worth of notes while I interview somebody. I'm not there to interject. I am, my purpose is to listen and I truly, I, that's the beauty of an interview. Uh, it's like, like I'm not there to insert my opinion and I feel as though that's like how. How awesome would it be if we did that more in our regular conversations? Mm-hmm. You know, it's, uh, I had this really, really good friend who is also a business owner, just like Meg and I are. And we always <laughs> joke that sometimes we're looking to talk and it's just like, I am not asking for your advice unless I specifically ask for it. I don't want, like, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear you trying to tell me how to run my business or my life. I just, oh, I just Cannot stand unsolicited advice, and sometimes I feel as though that will also. I mean, one of the reasons I don't do that in my um, in my interviews, number one, is just because it's totally pointless. It's not my website. Why, why am I talking? And then also, it's just when we when we do hear that that advice again, using air quotes, a lot of it it doesn't come off as Advice. It comes off as criticism, and that will make someone self-conscious on what they say, you know, by saying, oh, gosh, I hate this line, Uh, can I give you some advice? That sentence makes it sound as though they are less than and they are reaching for something and you're about to show them how to close in that gap. Why? Why? Why can't they just share their story and you just listen? Okay, we all have our flaws and we all have things that we could be doing, but frankly, we get reminded of that enough by social media. We don't need our friends saying that to us in conversation.
0: Mm, I love that advice, and that's like perfect for what I was kind of wanting to pull out from you because obviously, we can't teach people, okay, this is how you listen to someone, right? But.
1: Yeah, I I, I don't know how I do it,
0: honestly. Yeah, but I love what you said. We don't need to be offering people advice or our opinions. Sometimes we just need to be there or we always just need to be there to like hold space for the person, right? Right,
1: right. Sometimes you don't want to talk about the solution.
0: Mm -hmm. Sometimes
1: you genuinely just want to talk about the problem or we just want to share a story. Yeah, some self-improvement here. I just want
0: to talk. And you actually brought up social media and I've been seeing some people will write a post like with a caption and then at the end of their caption in brackets they'll say hey I'm just sharing this and I'm not looking for your opinion or whether or not you liked this or that about whatever I said. Like I just wanted to share this with you and I love that.
1: I love it too. Yeah I am I am not looking for the shampoo that will regrow this bald spot on my head. I just wanted to share.
0: (laughs) That's good. That's real good. Okay. So, Kara, I want to kind of, like, backtrack a little bit because when you were talking about your previous job, you said you learned, like, a few key things, and I want to make sure that we cover those. Yeah. Okay.
1: Oh, Okay, thank you, Meg, for segueing this. I had to sit down and kind of think, all right, if anyone is listening to this episode, what do I really want them to take away from it? And sorry, if this is kind of a weird approach, but I wanted to talk about the four biggest mistakes that I see in copywriting. Is that okay? Yeah. It that way? Okay, sometimes knowing what you don't want is just as valuable as knowing what you do want people. So I really hope this is valuable to you. Okay, so number one. Don't look at your competitor's websites. I understand this is going to make each of you want to die inside and you're not going to listen to me anyways, but let me do my best to convince you otherwise. Okay. Number one, your competitor, if their website is finished and yours is not, you are in the process of creating your website, they meet, that means that they were in your quote unquote territory first. Therefore, if you start emulating their copy, it's gonna sound like you you copied them, which I'm sorry, but that should be reason enough. I'm not saying you're doing it on purpose. I'm only saying that if you look at someone's website and read it word for word 50 times, it is impossible to not start sounding like them. You are going to start using their key catchphrases, their, you know, their words, their, you know, their their what are they even, I don't use these things, but like word kit, I think is what they're calling it. Word bank. Word bank. You're going to start using their word bank. You don't do it. Okay. Everyone. And then what's going to happen is if you start sounding this, like this, like this competitor who is more well known and has more experience, guess what? Your potential customers will choose them every single time. If your competitive edge and your language, looks like theirs and their competitive edge and competitive language. Why wouldn't they choose the person with more experience and who has like been around longer? Okay. Like you are making them win. Okay. So that's issue number one. Issue number two is there is something that makes you, you that makes your clients trust no one more than you and also makes them refuse to work with anyone but you, there's something that makes you, that makes your best friends love you and makes your significant other think you're the most adorable person in the world. Okay. You need to zero in on that. That is your competitive edge. That's like who you are as a person. That's who, what you bring to the table. And if you start sounding like your competitors, you're going to lose that side of yourself. So you are diluting your message. and. I am using so many hand gestures right now for something that has not had like video recording. It's ridiculous. Uh, Meg's laughing at me right now. Uh, but you need to really hone in on that, okay? So that's like number one, don't look at your competitors. I have physically, one time I had this client, Meg, in the middle of a conversation, I plucked her phone from her hands and I put it face down on the table. I was like, all right, that is the last time you're looking at your competitor website during this interview. We were talking about you, not them
0: it's hard. It's really hard. I mean,
1: it's so hard. That's, why I did, that's why I'm saying this first. And I'm saying, I understand you will do it anyways. I'm just saying, I'm trying to bring a little awareness around this issue.
0: Yeah, no. And awareness. I feel, oh my gosh, I feel this so hard because I have totally been there. And I feel like by, if I'm doing that, Habit or that practice of like looking at someone else who I admire, if I'm looking at their website, not necessarily am I copying what they're saying, but do you know what happens to me? And this is going to happen to the other people listening to this. So I want to just throw this out there is like, We that can prevent ourselves from actually moving forward. We think that it's already been done and we make ourselves feel small. And then just like kind of going on to your point number two is like we have our own unique thing that that person doesn't have. But by looking at someone else, and this can apply to so many areas of our life, but speaking for website copy and creating a website if we're looking at someone else we're really forgetting about what us what makes us unique and why people are choosing to work with us and oh my gosh it is such a like I don't know confident squasher I think is looking at someone else totally
1: it's hard enough already almost every market is saturated okay you guys if you're thinking It has been done before. Yeah, it probably has, okay? But just because another gym exists doesn't mean you can't open your own. okay? Because no one can do it like you can. But if you start just, again, feeding into, like, this competitors and starting obsessing over their content, this is how, if you've ever looked at a bunch of websites and they all sound and look exactly the same, this is how that happened. This is exactly what was going on there. And they just it's like you lose yourself in it in more ways
0: than one. So just really try not to. Yeah. Or or the reason how that happens is like you get a copywriter that literally just asks a few questions and follows like the exact same template for all their websites. Uh, Thanks, Meg. Thanks for
1: that shout out right there.
0: I really love how you just slid that in. For real though, I have seen that happen before and it feels icky, you know, that's why, I mean, you can hand people kind of a handout about how to kind of write your own about page or whatever, but it like, I don't know. There's something yes. about those templates that are still not supernatural either.
1: No, exactly. And I will at one point, Meg, remind me to talk about what to do if you can't afford a copywriter at some point in this conversation. But, uh, guys, there, there's something about partnering with someone who is unbiased that when you do get sucked into this competitive game, they can help pull you out of it. Mm-hmm. And and that's literally what I do with all my clients.
0: So, hmm. Okay. So number now. two was you. Okay. you have something special about you, right? There's some. Oh, you have your thing. My number
1: two, it kind of goes into it. Okay. okay. So how I say there's something special about you is this is how I say it. You are not for everyone. Okay.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So going back to what I just said about there's something that makes you you, and saying how I was approaching this entire conversation as knowing what you don't want is just as important as knowing what you do want. There are people out there who will never buy from you, who will never be a client of yours, who will never believe in you, will never invest in you, and you will dilute your business by speaking to them. Okay, let's use Meg as an example again. Meg is all about love. And Meg, obviously, I'm so into your product and service. So I'm just going to like, know that. Okay, I'm all about you. But there are people out there who have probably crossed Meg on the Internet, and they probably think Meg sounds like a hippy-dippy snowflake. Okay, those people exist, and they suck. So what would Meg do if she started listening to those people? Okay, there are people out there that will think that your service is, I don't know, too fake, too hippie, too expensive, too cheap, too easy, too hard, too self-indulgent, whatever. Don't talk to them. They are not your audience, and they are a huge distraction from the people that will actually listen to you, okay? They are a waste of time. Don't. They don't speak your language, so do not speak theirs. You need to find your people People that will buy from you and you speak to them and you need to have tunnel vision towards them I swear like a sailor and I am super transparent with my clients and sometimes I say things that will rub you the wrong way but then afterwards you're like oh, dang it Kara okay I've been thinking about the thing that you say if that doesn't fly with you you will like don't call me for copywriting service. I'm not for you that's okay. I need to speak, o- speak to people who do want that honest assessment and that don't mind that I swear like a sailor. Those are my people, okay? Meg needs to find her people that are all craving self-love and to like want to understand their emotions better. Those are her people. If she's trying to speak to like a super serious person that doesn't even believe self-love is a thing or doesn't even believe in emotional intelligence, then she's ignoring this huge pool of people that could be her potential clients. Yes. I get really heated about that one.
0: Um, But that's what I love about you. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. It's so great. By the way, everyone, we've had several episodes on here about Enneagram. Kira's an eight.
1: (laughs) An eight? with no wings I am such an eight like I not even could be another thing
0: I don't have like well my wings I would say are balanced I don't have like a dominant wing but anyways Kara is a hot and feisty eight and I love her to bits so I just wanted to make sure that everyone knew you were an eight yeah it
1: really helps understand my personality quite a bit oh okay Yeah. Okay. So I get like super, super fired up about that one. Okay. So are we good with that one? Number two, that's a pretty. Yeah.
0: And I love the word. I just need to point this out is I love how you use the word diluted. Like if you are trying to talk to everyone, you are diluting yourself for sure.
1: Yes, completely. Oh my goodness. Uh, Okay. So everyone side story. Uh, One of my favorite clients ever, of course, is Cut 7, this uh, very intense sports conditioning gym in Washington, D.C. I, hands down, it's the hardest workout in the city. And I wrote their website and they were kind of afraid that they asked the question, do you think that we will scare people, you know, with this very strong copy Meg has done this workout. She understands how uh, intense it is. I say, yeah, but the people who are craving a really ass-kicking workout, those are your people, okay? People who don't, you know, don't want that in your face, that, you know, team high five and that super intense, intense workout. They'll never come here anyways.
0: Well, and imagine if your copy didn't reflect what the workout actually was. Like, I did one of those workouts before, and it was Brutal, right? Exactly. Like brutal. And imagine if the copy didn't make it sound so intense. People like me would waltz in there and be like, What the hell did I just get myself into? Exactly.
1: So, yeah, I mean, that's a really great point, Meg. It's that it's just pure honesty. So, yes. Okay. Are we good with number two? Yeah. All right. Let's, okay. Number three. There's another one that's really, really tough to swallow. Don't say too much. This is a huge hurdle for so many people. And I was trying to think of how to explain it. And the best way I can explain it is explaining the difference between a writer and a copywriter. A writer, and this is literally, this is what separates us. A writer writes in a Word doc. That's seriously the whole difference. When you write in a Word doc, you have a whole freaking page to fill up with paragraphs after paragraph, after paragraph, after paragraph. Have you ever landed on one of those websites where it's like a freaking document? You can't read it. The human brain, A, doesn't want to. And, and B just can't absorb that information. They just want to know who you are and what you do and how, and how you do it. And to get off that page, they don't want to read a book. And so, Here's where we get into the, my website looks like a document issue. You do one thing really, really well. So like my thing is I am the girl who writes websites. Cool? Okay. Well, then you start second guessing yourself. And you say, well, I write websites, but I can also do these 37 things that aren't related to my main thing. So I can say, well, I write websites but i also do food photography and you know i can also do um write captions and i can also write you know uh, ghost write your ebook for you And it's just like once again we come back to this main key takeaway of that you are diluting your message it is those are those are distractions it's like yes yes you can completely do you can you can do anything that people pay you for that is fine but it is distracting your main thing, your main key seller. And Meg and I actually had this, <laughs> I was ranting about this same thing and Meg turned it into an exercise because I went to her and I say, I, I'm the girl who writes websites. And then Meg the next day texted me. She's like, I've been really working on my, I'm the girl, that sentence. I was like, this wasn't an exercise, but I'm glad you transformed it into an exercise. You need to be able to answer that question. Like I am the person who, what? Okay. And a good way. And I know that, that you, again, start second guessing yourself when you, you, you try to fill in the sentence and then you're like, wait, but do, is that my thing? And then you ask other people's question, other people's opinions, and they try to give you their unsolicited feedback and blah, blah, blah. Um, if you answer that question by saying, well, I can do this, then that's not your thing. Like if it's an option, like maybe you do this and clearly you don't, feel confident enough to come out and say, I do this. As in, I write websites. That's your thing. And going back to saying all those other things are distractions, it's what are distractions? They're confusing, as in they're confusing to your potential customers. Okay, So when someone comes to me and understands that I write websites. People are smarter than we give them credit for. people could probably understand that if I write an entire website essentially telling you how to tell your clients how to just uh, what your business does they probably understand the fact that I could write a case study for them okay if I do this I can probably do that uh, and that's fine okay so focus on your one thing and also Understand that you have an entire website to work with here, okay? And this is what digital people call user experience. And they try to sound it, make it sound like this super fancy term when really it just means guiding a visitor through your site. So when you land on your homepage, you have three goals. When someone lands there, you need to tell them who you are, what you do, and how you do it. Anything else is just fillers. Get mm-hmm. it out of there, okay? It's just diluting it. You can, however, move that copy to another page, create a services page, create an about page. Uh, Some people really love to have a process page. Uh, If you're not ready to create full-length case studies, just have a client's page, pick your three favorite client stories ever and each give them like one section, one paragraph tops, that's all you need, Okay? Mm -hmm. You can space your information out rather than literally word vomiting onto your potential clients. Finally, it just looks bad, okay? This goes back to those websites that look like documents. You can't absorb it. The, the the potential client honestly just looks at it and they their brain tells them, I can't read this information in two minutes, and I was honestly only dedicating two minutes to this homepage. page. So don't do it.
0: Oh, my gosh. I'm just like sitting here nodding because I've been through this process so many times, yet... It all still so deeply resonates with me. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I need to stop doing that.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's hard, and it's hard. I understand. And honestly, okay, again, going back to what I said very, very earlier in this conversation, when um, I mean, a home, again, a web page is just an introduction, okay? Unless you are an e-commerce site where the sale takes place on your site chances are there will be additional conversations after a website visit. You'll get, you'll get an inquiry from a potential um, client, then you'll hop on the phone with that person, decide if it's a correct fit, et cetera, et cetera. You, you guys all know the story. So you can say all those other things during those conversations. You know how many people have hired me to write a bio or to write a homepage, and it turns into this huge retainer relationship where I basically write everything their company ever publishes? okay but that's after they know me and they don't feel bombarded with all this information okay so there is space for that information it just doesn't have to happen on your home page and i've even um again going back to how people are more intelligent than we give them credit for i've had clients where they want to write every single line of scope and you know, disclaimers on their site, you know, saying like, well, let people know that this this scope expires in 30 days or like these, I limit my calls to 45 minutes. So I was like, that is getting very specific for a website. You can put that legal language in your contract. You do not need to just bombard people with that information. Again, that is distracting from your core message.
0: Mm-hmm, yeah. So was that... Number
1: three? No, okay, my last one. That was yeah, three. that was
0: number three. Okay, now four.
1: Okay, so this is my last one, and this is also a tough one because it's honestly kind of what I'm hired to do, but don't get caught up in super sexy one-liners. I know everyone wants to write the next just-do-it line, but what, unless you're, this is going to sound so bratty, but unless you're a copywriter who's literally hired to do this, a lot of times what happens is it sounds like this, super fluffy, power language. Like I, I spiral women into the universe to lead with purpose. It's just like, what the hell do you do? Like that doesn't tell me anything about you. And so don't get caught up in that. It is a far better choice. Again, going back to those three things that every site visitor needs to know, who you are, what you do, how you do it. It is far better for them to understand that than for you to write super sexy one-liners. Mm-hmm. I have written some sexy one-liners, but I also understand that that black and white language is important. Actually, I had a great example of this uh, this past week. I'm working with this woman. She has the coolest business ever. Oh my God. She creates, I think I told you about her, Meg. She creates full length as an hour long documentaries of your family. And she films it with an Emmy award-winning crew. As in for your parents' 35th anniversary, she would come in with a full crew, interview your parents, interview you, weed in all of your baby pictures. And all. Like it looks like something that would air on the History Channel, but it's of your family. It's the coolest business ever. And her husband leads the camera crew that again, it's been Emmy award winning. He's worked on, he worked on like uh, West wing and basically every channel ever. It's awesome. So anyways, uh, my, I did write a really sexy one-liner for her. My one-liner for her, when you land on her homepage is moments you love to relive now on replay, like super sexy, just the client loved it. However, so I got her homepage, we're in the final round of edits here. And she, uh, you know, sent out her homepage to all these people, everyone loved it, but she did get feedback, you know, that said, ah, okay. I think all of this sounds awesome, but you don't really ever say what you do and you know, I was like, all right, let's add a paragraph in here, like a super black and white description to by paragraph. I mean, two sentences, you guys on, um, we come in and film with an, I am blubbering because I actually haven't written this so on my to do list, but yes. Okay. So there is a space for all of this. And, um, I mean, going back to templates, I could literally sketch out a web template of how to save space for sexy one-liners and what I call black and white copy. But All of it has
0: a purpose. So, yeah. Oh my gosh. These four takeaways have been absolutely amazing. I feel like you could have easily done an entire podcast episode on each one.
1: What not to do on your website. Seriously.
0: So good, Kara. My gosh, I could keep talking with you forever, but I feel like we gave our listeners so many amazing takeaways whether they have a website or not because I just listening to you I know we're speaking specifically about copywriting anyone you know creating a website like I'm in the motions of doing right now but it can be so applied to other areas of your life
1: I hope so. I mean, that's kind of, again, going back to like your website, especially if you're a solopreneur and you own your own business, you understand that your business is your soul. That's why when you get unsolicited feedback from people, it seriously feels that someone is taking a knife and stabbing you. It's like you, you do realize you're attacking me when I attack my website or attacking me when you're attacking my business. It's such a personal thing.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: so, yeah, it should apply to the rest of your life. You know, yeah. don't look at, don't measure your. Self against other people you know don't tell you don't overshare don't all these other things are very very applicable
0: yeah oh my gosh thank you so much for coming on hun and we will oh go ahead
1: I have one more thing to share yeah okay okay so um going back earlier I promised people that I would tell you how to write a website if you couldn't afford a copywriter
0: right thank you
1: um I understand a If it's your first time building a site, you might be still figuring out your business. Like you might have these services that might not exist in two years and you just can't rationalize investing in a copywriter. That happens, okay? My first website sucked, so it's fine. Um, Here's what you need to do. Going back to how I always try to interview my clients in an unfiltered way, get a friend, okay? Not your best friend, not the friend that's gonna give you unsolicited advice. If you have a personal assistant or an intern, that person is perfect. Choose them, okay? You probably, not always, but usually you want someone junior than you or younger than you, just because if you have like an older friend or someone that has like that big sister mentality, she um, they, they, they might try, try to have an authority figure and they might insert their opinions. They won't let you get into that flow state where you just talk and talk and talk and talk and talk. Okay, so grab that person, have them read you a list of questions, okay? I will send a list of questions to Meg and you guys can download this, okay? Grab a bottle of wine, pour yourself a glass and have that person interview you. Pull out your phone and record the conversation, okay? Try to get them talking, Um, Try to have them get you talking for at least an hour and just don't filter yourself. Just talk. It's fine. No one is ever going to hear this except you. You're not on a podcast or a radio show here. Uh, The only rule is that whenever you say something that your, your partner, your interviewer, so to speak, is surprised by, instruct them to ask you the question, is there a story behind that? And that should be enough to keep you going. I've asked that question to Meg so many times. Uh, When you give yourself two days, you know, and listen to the conversation, try to pick and try to listen as if someone else spoke. You know, what words did you drop all the time? Okay. So, you know, if Meg's talking love, she's probably going to say that word 47 times because that word is so important to her. Okay. What words did you say all the time? What was your core message? What did you keep arriving back at? Okay, that's how you piece what what one liners do you say in just casual conversation that are actually awesome. Like I say, you are not for everyone all the time. That's kind of my one liner. Okay, so you probably have things that you don't even because you've never truly heard yourself that you probably say, okay. Um, And if you're not much of a drinker and wine isn't the way to get you talking, although alcohol is a great tool. Uh, I've done this one time ever go on a walk and put headphones in so it so the phone can pick up on your voice better and have the person take you on a walk and talk that way. I've never written a website like that, but I have written an article like that. Uh, the person that I was interviewing, we just went on a two mile walk together. I recorded her conversation. And when I got back to my computer, I typed up what she said. So
0: That's, that's awesome.
1: And hopefully
0: it works for you guys. There's so many ways to like get creative and thank you so much for offering like those snippets of how to write copy for your website. If you can't afford a copywriter, that's amazing. Thank you. Okay. Kara, we need to ask you one more question before we wrap this show up. And what does it mean to you to be unbreakable?
1: Oh my goodness. That's such a tough question. I should have thought about that beforehand. Um, I guess like what makes me feel unbreakable is live like I just fucking love my life. And Meg obviously knows me personally, but I just think I have the coolest job in the world. I live in a city that I love most in the world. I have friends that just completely have my back I think I have the coolest clients ever hopefully it's obvious from like the way that I talk about them that I just am fascinated by their businesses I I think it is just like a waste of life to not just like wake up every day and just like love where you are and for a lot of my 20s I didn't have that and I just feel like now I do have that and so I just once in a while I just sit back and I'm thinking oh my gosh I just love everything about it I love it my job i love my apartment i love my city uh, so yeah that makes me feel pretty unbreakable
0: no kidding i love it and i hope to come visit you soon i yeah. miss it there
1: seriously though
0: okay well thanks again kara for coming on where can people find you
1: okay you can find me on instagram at kara underscore mccartney and you can find me at Kara Also, I've been blogging since twenty fifteen, although I don't write as much for fun as I used to because I write so much for my clients. Uh, it is for all the f words.com.
0: I will link everything up in the show notes and Kara's blog is my favorite blog and has been for ever ever since I found it so yeah,
1: Meg is probably my number one reader
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I love that okay thank you so much for coming on Kara okay
1: thanks so much Meg